0: And yeah. mortgage broker websites typically are pretty bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, no offense if you're listening, but most of them are pretty bad. So, um, you
1: know what I would say is most people in many industries, it's not just mortgage brokers. Like I just found if you ever want to get people to stare at their feet or shuffle or get embarrassed, just talk about websites and then they it's look away. Instant,
0: it's an instant conversation killer.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. People don't like talking about their websites. They're embarrassed about their websites. And you know what? It's just a missed opportunity today because where's the attention going, especially coming out of covid We were all about websites. That's the only way you could connect with people was online. So are people going more online or less online? I'd say they're going more. So if you don't have a strong online presence, you're missing a huge opportunity to connect and grow your business.
0: The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have John Morrison. He's the founder of Get clear.ca he specializes in building websites that convert and he recently redid our website at of mortgagebrokering.com i encourage you to go check it out we've got some pretty cool new things that we put into that site so if you want to see it and we talk about the five mistakes mortgage brokers make when it comes to building their website honestly there's a lot of really bad websites out there and john goes into some of the things that people do to make them not work so you can do them better John is also a certified StoryBrand expert, so he uses the StoryBrand framework, which is created by Donald Miller, and I personally think that it is the best way to design a website, so if you're trying to think about, okay, what should I do with my website, check out StoryBrand, check out John at Get Clear if you want to build that type of website, but they are very effective at leading people down a path with a call to action, they're amazing, so go check out getclear.ca and check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com to check out our new site that we just launched, which I'm pretty excited about. And uh, yeah, check out this episode I have with John. I think you're really going to dig it. Hey, John, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott. It's great to be here. Glad to meet some of your people and start a conversation with them.
0: Right. And so I'm excited to chat with you about websites in particular. You just redid our I Love Mortgage Brokering website. And you've got a lot of insight into how to build a website that's actually useful for the person that's coming to it. So we'll get into that in a second. And there's five kind of mistakes that mortgage brokers make when they put together a site. But before we do, tell me a little bit about your background. And how did you get into this?
1: Right. When it comes to doing mortgage broker websites, my background is literally that my friends are in the mortgage broker industry. My dad is a realtor. So I grew up as an RK, a realtor's kid, which means uh, dad was busy on weekends and open houses from two to four every Saturday and Sunday. So I knew the industry quite well. And then as I became an adult, became friends with some mortgage brokers and realized that they were making common mistakes. So I became the guy that they pursued at a party or you know kids are playing at the playground they come wanting some free advice on what to do about their websites and stuff and that's kind of how i got my start working with mortgage brokers really is just through my friends and you know growing up in a family where we talked a lot about people moving
0: right and you also build websites for not just mortgage brokers though so like you've got a diverse client base Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, we have a framework that we use. I'm a certified StoryBrand guide, which StoryBrand reaches across many industries and it's effective in many industries. We find that the seven part framework, which we could get into really does connect with people across, you know, even as far as nonprofits and healthcare do a lot there and into, you know, mortgage brokering and stuff too is not excluded. So
0: And mortgage broker websites typically are pretty bad. Like, I'm not going to lie, like no offense if you're listening, but most of them are pretty bad. So You
1: know what I would say is most people in many industries, it's not just mortgage brokers. Like I just found if you ever want to get people to stare at their feet or shuffle or get embarrassed, just talk about websites and then they look away.
0: It's an instant conversation killer.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. People don't like talking about their websites. They're embarrassed about their websites. And you know what? It's just a missed opportunity today because where's the attention going? Especially coming out of COVID. We were all about websites. That's the only way you could connect with people was online. So are people going more online or less online? I'd say they're going more. So if you don't have a strong online presence, you're missing a huge opportunity to
0: connect and grow your business. Right. hundred percent. Okay. So there's five main mistakes. So let's talk about those. What's the first mistake that mortgage brokers make with their website?
1: Yeah, I'd say the first thing is that they have no framework for putting a website together. So you might talk to somebody who's you know a web designer, or maybe you have a nephew who does web design or a friend. And they just want to put something together. Or if you're doing it yourself, maybe even you could just think, well, we just got to put words on a page. They maybe look at other mortgage brokers and say, well, what are they doing? They seem successful. Let's see if I can do the same. But the problem is just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you or that it's even working for them. Right. So to have a framework really is so important that you know is going to work. So a certain way of laying out a page. Here's the thing is that a lot of web designers, Scott, you know, they're great at coding and maybe they went to tech school to learn how to build websites, but they don't understand the psychology of human beings and what causes human beings to actually take action. So one of the reasons why I'm a story brand guy is because I read the book, building a story brand, which I would recommend everybody read it because it will change the way that you talk to people about what you do. But what it does is particularly with websites is story brand gives you a framework for how to lay out your page in line with human psychology, and I think that's so important because you could have somebody who's great at making beautiful graphics and design, but if they don't understand how people think and how to move them from one place to the next, and you know, click on that ever important schedule a call button with you. If you don't understand that, then all that money could be a total waste. So the first one I'd say is no framework.
0: Right, and I think frameworks are a lot like a recipe. So you want to make, you know, chicken cordon bleu. You follow a recipe. If you want to have a website that actually converts, you know, leads to a call to action. And you're right. So you just redid our idle mortgage working site and it looks amazing. So if you're listening, go check it out and you'll see how that that. that works. But so yeah, the framework is really the recipe and it's not enough, as you said, to be just a good designer or a good coder. You also have to understand psychology, human Mm -hmm. psychology to get people to interact. And
1: Yeah. and, And the thing I think, Scott, that I love about the building a story brand book and the framework that comes along with it is that it actually gives you a framework for talking about what you do in any context. So if you're at a networking event or you're at a BNI or pitching to somebody in any situation, maybe a meeting with a prospective client, you actually have a framework for talking about yourself there. And that's what I really appreciate is that it works in all kinds of contexts. So you learn the framework and then you apply it in so many different ways. It's like learning how one of them. Yeah, it's like learning about good flavors. Like you learn how to be a chef, you learn what flavors work together and then you can make almost anything. So you learn a framework and then you can create all kinds of marketing collateral like your elevator pitch, like your website, we want an email campaign, even just writing an email to somebody, your sales copy, anything that you're doing, it really Mm -hmm. does help convert. And so I think one of the things that websites, they don't have that and they're just kind of throwing stuff out there. Where do I put testimonials? I don't know. Am I supposed to have testimonials? Who knows where do testimonials go? Is there a place for them? And having a framework shows you exactly where you put them.
0: Right. That makes sense. Okay. So that's mistake number one. What's the mistake number two?
1: Second one is to play the hero. I think uh, it's a very common thing in human nature that we want to talk about ourselves. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Even the greatest saints out there, if you put them on the spot, they will just, you know, talk about themselves. We love talking about ourselves. I think we just love ourselves a lot. You know, we're on Zoom meetings and, there's a bunch of people on the little screen there, and who are we staring at? We're staring at ourselves, right? We just love it. I'm busted!
0: You're like, what's up with my hair today? You know, yeah.
1: Like it's really okay love- though, because you know we're the ones that we have to stick around with the most. And so, when we want to make a website, what are we going to do? We're going to probably just talk about ourselves again. If you don't have a framework, you're going to just talk about yourself. But the problem is. In a world of limited time and resources, people just don't have time to talk about you or listen to your story as much as you would wish that they would. I mean, we always have time for ourselves and our spouses kind of pretend to give us the time while they're not daydreaming or whatever, right? But our ideal clients, like they're in the middle of a a battle, right? It's the battle to win their story. It's their story that they're most concerned about and what they're looking for. And this is all from building a story brand is people aren't looking for a hero of a story. They're looking for a guide to help them right? Because they identify as a hero and heroes are not looking for other heroes. I love to tell this story and I think it is compelling. Imagine if Katniss from the Hunger Games was in the middle of one of those, you know, famous Hunger Games tournaments and the action and the suspense were all there and, you know, it's kill or be killed. And all of a sudden she hears a ruffling in the bushes, a rustling and out pops this little hobbit. And she's like ready to shoot him with her bow. And she says, Hey, you know, who are you? I don't recognize you from the tournament roster. He goes, well, I'm Frodo. It's like, Frodo, what are you doing here? Well, I'm actually on my way to Mordor. I have this ring here that I need to destroy. And if you could help me along the way. And she's like, "Uh, I don't have time for this photo. Like, why don't you get on your way before you get shot or killed or stabbed or whatever. So off Frodo goes, right? And he doesn't have time to talk about Katniss and listen to her story or whatever. And what happened there? It's a hero of a story. Katniss met the hero of another story, Frodo from Lord of the Rings, and they just didn't have time for each other. But all of a sudden, Katniss is you know, continuing on. She's here's another rustling in the bushes, and this time it's Hamish. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Hamish. I've won the games before. I could help you win. I know the struggles and the temptations and the pressures you're going to face. I know some of the political moves you need to make. I can help you win the Hunger Games, Katniss. All of a sudden, Katniss is like super excited about this character, Hamish, who we all know is actually Woody from Cheers. But in the movies, he's Hamish. He's a great actor, actually. Yeah, he's an actor. So notice the difference is that in the first story, Frodo and Katniss, they didn't really have time for each other because they're both so focused on the one thing they need to do, their own mission. This is what I need to do to win. In the second example, Katniss met Hamish and now Hamish was put in there by the storyteller to just help Katniss win. It's the same when Frodo continues on his journey. All of a sudden, he's going to meet this white wizard named Gandalf who knows the way to Mordor, who knows the pressures and the temptations and the struggles that Frodo is going to face. And he's going to actually help Frodo get to where he needs to go. Frodo is going to be dialed right in to everything Gandalf is going to say because Gandalf is the guide. Just one more example because I love this one. It's my favorite of all of them, Scott, which is – Listen,
0: I love movies and this whole idea of the guide, you know, the – uh, right, the hero and the guide just makes so much sense. So, yeah. yes,
1: so I'm just we'll going to go it. to our favorite Adam Sandler movie, which is Happy Gilmore, which is a story of a guy who has a grandma who's in some financial trouble and he wants to help her. He wants to help her win. And to him, winning is having his grandma avoid foreclosure. But the banks are going to take over her home unless he can get one of those big checks. But he's not good at hockey. So he's not going to do it in hockey. He sees golfers winning these big checks. And he's like, I want to do that. The problem is Happy doesn't know how to golf. And so he has to learn how to golf. So who's gonna teach him? Well, thankfully there's this old retired golf pro named Chubbs and Chubbs only has one hand cause an alligator bit off his other hand. And he's gonna spend the entire story teaching Happy how to be a golfer. He's gonna help him defeat the villain, Shooter McGavin. And he's gonna help him win to get the big check so that he can cash it and get his grandma out of financial trouble, right? So if not for Chubbs, Happy would be sunk in his own problem. I don't know how to golf. I don't know how to make money to save my grandma. So Chubbs is an essential character, but he's not the hero, right? They named the movie after happy, but Chubbs is the essential character in it. So that's, I think the thing that we need to realize in our business, we don't play happy. We play the role of Chubbs, which is the The guide who helps the hero (laughs) guide. Right. We're the one handed guide. Yeah, exactly. So, in all of these great epic movies, whether it be *Hunger Games* has Haymitch, *Lord of the Rings* has Gandalf, *Happy Gilmore* has Chubs, right? And you could go on and on. Screenwriters and storytellers know that this guide character is essential, and that's, I think, the thing about business that's so critical. Is that on our websites? We need to play the guide as well. And the guide connects with the hero in such a way that they make a personal connection. And the guide also has the authority to lead them out of their problem and into their happily ever after. And all of us have a happily ever after. So the thing is, you got to think in mortgage, you know, if you're a mortgage broker, what is the happily ever after that I help my clients get to? And then I just want to talk about that the whole time. If you just right. tell your story or just have pictures of yourself,
0: I've been Uh, in business 25 years. Nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. They don't care about that stuff.
1: So there is a time and a place to put in some details about you, but it's not throughout the entire thing. right? I know one person. I won't throw them under the bus because I know this is a widely listened to podcast. One employee, single person, entrepreneur, gave himself employee of the month on his website. And I'm just like, this is exactly what not to do. Because right. okay, it that's does nothing hilarious. for you. It's like, well, you must be the hero of a story. But I'm not actually looking for another hero. I'm looking for a guide who's going to help me win. And that's why people go to your website. Not because they're interested in you. They're only interested in how can this person help me win my story. If they're not the best candidate, they're going to find someone else who's going to make that connection and lead them to their better life. That's right. the second problem with most websites most is that websites people are playing the hero, not the guide.
0: So first is no framework. Second is they play the hero. And this reminds me of something I'd heard I love the story brand framework better, but is WIFM, this radio station what's right. in it for me.
1: Right. Your exactly. radio
0: station, your website, your email communication, your social media posts are all not tuned to you. It's not, hey, look how great I am. It's all tuned into what's, that's what they're thinking. How are mm-hmm. you going to help me solve my problem? And yeah. if your website is not designed that way, people are going to bounce. They're going to see it and go, boom, I'm out. And so yeah. I totally agree with you. We could talk movies for another time. Because I, just, <laughs> I love movies. And that's movie for another podcast. Have, we when could a start... movie doesn't have the guide, it's right. It feels broken. Like there's something right. wrong with this movie when a hero figures everything out on their own with no, like it doesn't seem real. Like nobody can do this. Like it right. seems, even if it's a fantastic movie, you remove the guide in the movies.
1: Yeah. And the reason, you know why that is, is because our lives, we can't figure it out on our own, right? Like if we're honest, our lives in this broken world, we're struggling. We have questions about how to do our finances, right? How to do our relationships, right? How to do our business, right? How to grow and scale. Like if you have a growing business, you figured that out, then you want to learn how to scale. Then you got to learn how to manage it. Well, good news is that we have people. There are guides all over the world. I believe that the universe has been set up in such a way that broken people can find help with guides. and That's why right. I love how the economy runs every single day with people helping each other solve their problems so that they can win. That's right. why I love businesses. We get to show up every single day and just help people win. So I think it's not even just a storytelling principle. I think it's a mindset of business that our jobs are to show up every day and to solve problems for some people that are in a, some sort of crisis that need our help. And we can help them get what they need to take the next step in their journey.
0: Right. Totally. Okay. What's number three?
1: Number three is confusing language. Okay. So there's this book and I love it. It's called the art of explanation by a guy named Lee LaFevre And he coins this phrase called the curse of knowledge. The thing about the curse of knowledge is that your expertise actually works against you. So if you are part of like, uh, you know, the I love mortgage brokering fan club, if you're part of the Facebook group, if all your friends are mortgage brokers and that's how you think we don't have a
0: fan club, but carry on. I'm sure you do. I've met a few of your fans.
1: I've met a few of your fans. I know they're out there. They're loosely organized in some (laughs) kind of way, but they were all too impressed that I got to hang out with Lee Scott Peckford. Anyways, I digress. The curse of knowledge is such that if you think and live and breathe and only read blogs and posts and courses about mortgage brokering, you're going to be involved in some insider language and insider thinking like you've risen to the top. If 10 is the highest level you can think about mortgage brokering, then you're a nine or a 9.5 and maybe some people have got to a 10. The problem is that if now your job is to communicate with the rest of us, we're not a part of those groups. We didn't receive your training. We're not experts in the field at all. We're just living, breathing, you know, average Joe's trying to live our lives, trying to figure out how to own property or own more property, right? And what the best rate is. But if your website is now full of insider language, that's nine or a 10, you're going to leave me totally confused. And I love what Don Miller says in the story brand book. He says, if you confuse, you lose. And he goes into the neurology of the human brains, just trying to scan everything, right? We're just, first of all, we're not experts. You know, we think at probably a level three or four. If you're uh, suffering from the curse of knowledge, even when you do try to dumb it down for the rest of us, you're like, well, yeah, sure. Maybe I think at an eight or a nine, I'll bring it down to a six. Even a six is too technical for the way most of us scan websites, If you ever watch over somebody's shoulder when they're looking at a website, like watch your spouse do it or at a coffee shop or something, watch somebody go through a website, they are flying through that thing. And there's no way that they can capture all the nuances or all the words that are there. So it just has to be full of simple language that hits people on an emotional level because that's how we read websites. We don't read them as doctoral theses or dissertations, right? We read them As newspaper headlines at a grade six level. That's kind of the level of expertise that we bring to our scanning. So, one of the mistakes that people make on their websites is that they're full of confusing insider language that none of the public, the people that you actually need to reach, if you're going, you know, writing a blog for your buddies in mortgage brokering, then that's fine. Fill it with all the multi syllable words and all the numbers and stuff, acronyms. Yeah, put all the acronyms in there. But Leave that out bring it down for the rest of us because we're the people that are going to help you scale and get where you need to go. And that's why you made the website. Right.
0: So that's really good. Do you know what TDS and GDS means? I don't know. Okay. So this is a perfect example. There's nobody listening <laughs> to this podcast. If you're listening to this, you'd be like, I know what you're talking about, Scott. But there's a perfect example of the curse of knowledge. We understand things. And I always say, tell me like I'm 10. So talk right. to me like I'm 10 years old and explain to me. Like if I can explain to a 10-year-old, then I know I've got it because right. And a
1: 10, a 10 would be that grade five, grade six level, right? Like, so yeah. we're totally sinking there. It's yeah. You have to bring it down to that level. And remember, I like, I have friends in mortgage broker My dad was a realtor. I studied at Oxford university. I should know what that means. Right. I just don't. Right. And I'm the type of person that you want to reach. So Yeah. Take time to really go through or even ask somebody like, does this make sense? Does this compel you? Right. So it's not enough. Does it make sense, but it has to trigger us on an emotional level. It can't just be intellectual copy. It has to be emotional. So you have to talk about the emotions of what you do and the emotions that you solve. Right. How do you solve stress, anxiety, fear? Like those are the things that you need to have in your website as well, because that's the kind of stuff that makes people say, you know, that's interesting. Now they're speaking to me.
0: Okay. So First mistake, recap as we go. No framework. Second is they play the hero. Third is they have confusing language. What's number four?
1: Number four would be you're not clear on your ideal client. And Scott, we talked about this just before we started recording. You said you were making fun of the guy that says, you know, I'm an expert in and then rattles off 10 different, different
0: types of mortgages. People are like, no, you're not. That's like saying you're an expert in plumbing, electrical, drywall, you know, framing. It's like, well, 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 hold on. You may be able to do those things, but I guarantee you, you're no expert in all of them because you yeah. do it all enough singularly focused,
1: and it's literally the exact same thing that I'm sure people do. This they make fun of the restaurant that says, "Oh yeah, we offer, you know, uh, Chinese food, and we offer Canadian food, and we have some Mexican food here and some Greek food," and you're like, uh, "This is too many options. I don't think you do anything all that well." And I get why people do this, right? Because it is actually scary to niche down, but I just believe that you have to be an expert in some field, or else you're gonna just be you know, lumped in with everyone else. And then it just becomes a race to the bottom of who can give the lowest rate or whatever, right? Not the best service, not the things that you really do care about. Giving your clients premium service, giving them extra resources, care, the attention, the information that they need. No, it's just going to be a race to the bottom if you're lumped in with all the other mortgage brokers. And so I think really taking the time to say like, okay, who is our ideal client? What do they want? What does a win in their life look for them? And then taking the time to say, well, what's stopping them from winning? What are some of the things that are keeping them up at night that they're going to wake up saying, I got to solve this. Or if I want to sleep again, I got to figure out a solution to this. I need some help. And so who are they looking for? What do they need? And then you just can reiterate all those things right back to them as you're talking to them and as you put it on your website. And so really thinking through who is it that I want to reach? Actually, Scott, I think this is an opportunity that I can have to pitch a new book coming out, which is called Now Start With Who. It's my book. And uh Yeah, we're just releasing it. It's really all about that idea of making sure every single business owner and entrepreneur is clear on who it is that I want to reach because that is the heart of every business, right? You have to have an ideal client. You try to reach everyone, you're going to reach no one. Or as uh, one mentor said to me, John, if you try to become everything to everyone, you're going to mean very little to a lot of people. (laughs) And that's not what we want, right? We want highest impact on the most amount of people. And so that's how we're going to do is we're going to get very specific on who it is these are the people that I can help the best.
0: Right. As Zig Ziglar used to say, you want to be a wandering generality or a right. meaningful specific, which That's is the right. good line, right? A meaningful specific. Yeah. I can tell you that the busier people get in the mortgage business, and this is true in our coaching company, the more types of clients they say no to so they can get focused on their ideal client, the bigger they grow.
1: It's mm-hmm. counterintuitive.
0: It's like in golf. If you've never golfed before, you think to get the ball to go in the air, you've got to hit under it, but it's actually the opposite. You hit down on the ball and it goes up. It's the right. same thing if you actually want to grow your business you need to narrow your focus not expand it and mm-hmm. you will find there's so much business out there if you are in niche versus if you're trying to be everything to everybody
1: yeah there's this place in england called the speaker's corner it's at hyde park and i loved walking there when i was studying in england and the funny thing about that place is that it's literally just a smorgasbord of ideas everybody's standing on some kind of soapbox yelling something And it's in all different languages and people just yelling at each other, the speakers and stuff. And I'm thinking this is a form of communication that's not effective, right? You may have some brilliant ideas. You tell me what's better to broadcast your message to that crowded area with such a diverse person or get all those same people that, you know, bring them aside and just have a personal conversation with them, listening to them, understanding what they need, making that connection human to human. Now you're going to know who they are personally. You're going to see the whites of their eyes. You're going to care for them in a way. To me, that is the most effective kind of communication, not trying to shotgun to everybody, but actually specifically choosing one group and just drilling down on helping that particular group. You can be so much clearer in your communication, Mm -hmm. right? If you try to help everybody, try to make a website that helps everybody and offers everything. Whereas a website that targets the, like you want someone like a young couple or something, a first time home miner to look and be like, man, this guy's like reading my mail. How does he know the struggles? It's because he knows you or people just like you. Like an effective website just hits people right between the eyes where they say, this person gets me. And that's right. what starting with who does is it helps you find that ideal client. And if you don't do that, if and you don't it's take It's scary
0: though. It's like, it's easy to say, it's hard to do. Oh, hundred percent. Because you're like, and I think about that in my own business. If I, you know, take this as a mini coaching session, you know, we coach people that are new. This is a new thing. We started helping some people that are new and we also help people that are more experienced and, you know, I think about that and I'm like, but we probably had the most success, honestly, with people that are 10 million plus. So mm-hmm. they know how to do mortgages. They just want to do more of them. And they got to figure out how do I put my processes and how do I put the team together? Like that is mm-hmm. our sweet spot. And yeah. I still find myself because I'm like, oh, we could. Anyway, something for me for another mm-hmm. day to think about, but get really clear on who you serve. And yeah, that's something I
1: think. Yeah. So. I think the questions that you can ask, if you feel like you want to go down this road or somebody listening would be, who do I love working with? You want to look forward to when somebody's calling you and not be screening them every time, right? There's a certain kind of person, a certain demographic that you just light up when they call you're excited when they call. And so who is that? Who's willing to pay, right? You don't want to be volunteering for your career. It's not a charity that you're running. So who's willing to pay and willing to pay well, because if you can actually get people to pay well, then you can actually work for less people, give them better service, right? So, and thirdly, who do you have the biggest impact with? So you actually see the transformation. And that's the thing is we want the income, but we also want the impact because once the income is there, you know this, you're gonna wake up and be like, I have this money, but what have I actually done in my life? People wake up in their 50s, 60s, and they have these huge crises because they've got where they wanted, but it's not satisfying. So you wanna see where you can actually help people. A long list of people, I say in the book, that you want enough people at your funeral, right? That are going to come there. Not just the friends and family. That's just the front two rows. I want like the whole thing packed full of people that you helped that are now taking time out of their schedule to celebrate your life when you're gone, because you helped them. That's what you do when you pick an ideal client is that you're saying I can impact these people and they write great testimonials to find their friends. So you get better referrals because you do it because they have people just like them. Right. So
0: yeah, their friends are the same. Okay. So Mistake one: no framework. Number two: you play the hero. Number three: confusing language. Number four: they're not clear on their client. What's the last mistake that we see people making?
1: The last one is not having a clear call to action. And a call to action really is no different than a checkout. Imagine if you were, uh, you know, going shopping. Let's say to Save-On Foods or something, or a good Canadian company, and you're got all your stuff, and then you you're holding it, and you say, hey, like find somebody with a uniform. Where can I check out? Like, well, actually, you got to go up the escalator. Down the hall, there's a broom closet, past that one, there's a set of washrooms and then there's some unmarked doors, push through that and you'll be near your exit there so you can check out. You're like, man, that is incredibly complicated and I'm not really too interested in doing all that. It could take a lot of time and confusion and a confused mind does not want to move forward. And so what's the best thing is, hey, I could check you out right here. You're ready to go. Let's do it. And so they just check you out and no problem. And that to me is a microcosm, or is this an example of what happens all the time? We've all been on websites where it's like, I'd probably like to move forward with this person. Like, say it's a, a chiropractor, you got a back problem, you don't know what to do, right? But do I call them? Do I email them? If I email them, where's the form? Do they have online booking? Yeah, they I don't have know what So to... many
0: options that you're like confused as to the best way to, yeah, that's yeah,
1: so many options or zero options, right? You got to click to the contact page, and now, you know, it's just not clear. So, what are you going to do? You're going to go find someone who's more clear. And so that poor chiropractor has lost the patient because they didn't have a good call to action. So it's the same, I'd say, with mortgage brokers. Right? What is your call to action? Don't just have it once. Don't just put it in the contact button and assume that someone's just going to click contact and do whatever. Actually lead them through it say, like, this is the call to action. Have it clear at the top and then have it clear in the middle and then have it clear at the bottom and then do that on all your pages because you want that big button to say, as soon as you're ready for the next step, we're going to be right here ready for you. And so make it clear on the button, like this is what you're going to do. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're missing business.
0: You're missing business with no clear call to action. This was really good. Okay. So quick recap, no framework. Second is playing the hero, thinking it's all about you. Third is confusing language, acronyms and things that clients aren't going to understand. The fourth is you're not clear on who your ideal client is. So then it doesn't appeal to just one person. Then finally, there's no call to action or there's so many calls to action that people get confused. And as you say, and Don Miller says, when you confuse, you lose. So this is really helpful. If you're sitting here and somebody's listening to this and like, okay, makes sense, Scott, you know, John, I get it. What's their call to action with you. So if they're interested, so your company's called getclear.ca and you helped us go check out out of mortgage brokering, see if you can't figure out what the call to action is on there. It's pretty (laughs) obvious. And just go check that out. But how can people find you if they're interested in getting you to look at, you know, helping them?
1: Yeah, a couple things that they can do. If you're looking for just a free Facebook group, you can go on getclear.ca, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. There's a Facebook group where we just talk about story branding your business. We have people from all walks of life there. They can give you feedback. You can submit some of your ideas or even just ask questions and there'll be lots of people in there that can help. Secondly, if you are looking at your website and be like, man, this thing needs an upgrade. We've worked with lots of mortgage brokers and so we know how to do them pretty well and for a really competitive price because we can move fast and we have a framework we're not reinventing the wheel every single time and so we can crank them out quite well you know and it's per quote because everybody has different needs everyone has different lead generators mortgage calculators all kinds of stuff on their site so I can't just say like we have a, yeah, a no, blanket not, yeah, yeah was a blanket
0: its yeah not a one price.
1: But it's the thing nice. is, that's good is that we can talk to you. We get on the phone. We'll find out what are your pain points? What's wrong with your website? Was it not working? What do you want to do with it? And then here's how we can solve the problem. So we really do, Scott, want to serve people. And we do have a passion for helping people grow their businesses. And I think Story Brand Framework is a great way, especially when applied to your story brand website. I think it's a way that you can start to see great results because you're going to change the way you talk about what you do, both in person and online. And that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited because it's going to help a lot of people.
0: That's awesome, John. Thank you so much. Let's go check that out. And yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for the amazing site that you built for us. I got some other projects I want to chat with you about, because I've got some other things that we're doing. So we'll be talking about those as well. And thanks again, man. It's a
1: true privilege, Scott. Thanks so much for the invite.
0: This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.